don't call it a comb back, I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Grab girl? my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Uh, and we've got uh, Mike Mayock saying bubble butt uh, three different times. This is the press box. Like when they're deciding to draft a player, is that what they talk about? Well, like Gruden's like, oh, he's yes. a football player. And Mayock's like, no, no, this guy's got a bubble yeah. butt. Or the best thing in the world for them would be have both. With Grady and Bischoff. Like you're not only a football player, but you have a bubble butt and you don't play your groin. I mean, if you can get that trifecta, then you've got some. On ESPN Las Vegas. The bubble butt, who knows what position he played, and um, and don't pull your groin. If they could have that, they could, I mean, they could win the division if you have a bunch of those guys. Bunch of bubble butt football players. Yes, from Clemson. Here's our own trifecta back in action. Ed, Tyler, and Jared. The gang's back together. The first bite. Are the Golden Knights going to trade the Vesna winner? Mm. Oh, what drama this would be. I haven't Googled yet to see how many Vesna winners have been traded the next year, but that's something we should do immediately. Um, I, I think they won't say that today. They shouldn't. Uh, there's too many. There's too many positive. There's too many positive tweets from Alan Walsh to say that today. Um, but I think as the summer goes on, and you figure out what you need, and you figure out your cap and everything, I still think it's in play, right? I mean, I don't think you say that now. You don't need to say that now. But I think everyone calms down, and everyone's excited for him that he won. Mark Underfler won the Vesna, and then like a month from now, you can say, okay, let's get down to business, and what do we need, and what will it take to get us there? Yeah, maybe I'm cynical, but. All day yesterday, saying Mark Andre Fleury wins the Vezina. The only thing I could think is, well, he's not going to be on the team next year, like the, because it's going to be in the Golden Knights' best interest to move one of these two goalies. I mean, hell, even Pete DeBoer said it after yeah. the season, without that, saying it, he said it. Yeah, that next year is different, and it's going to be in their best interest to move one of these two goalies. And Mark Andre Fleury, from the Golden Knights' perspective, makes the most sense to move because he's older, he's more expensive, he only has one year left on his deal. And now he's coming off a season where he won the Vesna, which makes it, you assume, a little bit more of attractive for other teams to actually acquire. So, I, I mean, it, we're still in the Stanley Cup playoffs, so it's not like they can make a trade yeah. today anyway. But I, that's all I could think of yesterday was as Flurry is everything is about Flurry winning the Vesna is oh well yeah he's going to be on a different team next year because they have to trade a goalie. Pitchforks in the streets if this guy gets traded after winning the Vesna. <sighs> I mean, there's already going to be like you know protests, but I mean, you 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 had the Vesna now and you trade him. I mean, pitchfork pitchforks in the street and the press box. I mean, are you kidding me? Do you think him winning the Vesna could lead to them trading Leonard instead? Oof. I the only way I hold out like a thought that that could happen is apparently, and it keeps getting reported, and that's fine. I know he said it at one point. But they've lost back-to-back semifinals. So I guess the point is, how how much will Foley dig his heels on this? And how much will he, trust is a bad word, listen to the people he's put in charge to make decisions? Because if they determine through the summer, like, hey, you have a chance to get this center. You have a chance to get this guy, and they really need him. And they go to Foley and say, look, we know he's beloved, and we know he's probably getting a statue. We know everything, but if you don't want to go out in the semifinals again, we have to improve the <laughs> p- the p the, the penalty or the uh, power play. We need to move on. 
Again, he might dig his heels in and say no, and then you're really caught. Now, again, I would hope if you – we've said this in the past about ADs and coaches and whatever. If you hire people and you trust them, you need to let those people yeah. make decisions. My, the idea of, of fully stopping a flurry trade, to me, you kind of have to go back to when they acquired Robin Leonard and then when they signed him to a five-year extension. I feel like – Bill Foley's not an idiot. Bill Foley knows, oh, they acquired Robin Leonard. He could take Flurry's job. Oh, they're signing Robin Leonard to a five-year deal. Which I imagine that's, he had to sign off on, yeah, right? Yes, that's off not good things. news for Marc-Andre yeah. Flurry here. So the idea that he would stop it, I mean, I, I guess I can see that that logic, and he's come out and said that he didn't he didn't he want to trade, trade Marc-Andre Flurry, but like wouldn't he have stopped it at the very least, Robin Leonard signing a five-year extension? Like, wouldn't he have stopped that? Because when Robin Leonard signs a five-year extension, everyone in the world knows, uh-oh, that could be it for Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh-oh, they have $12 million committed to two goalies. They probably need to move on from one of them. So, like, I, I guess I could see Foley doing that, but I feel like he would have stopped the whole Leonard signing if that was going to actually be where he put his foot down. Uh, is he to the point of, and look, he's obviously very successful. People that make that kind of money are very smart people. They understand business more than most people on earth. But let me ask you, is there still such a level of him being a fan, the guy that it kind of shades his reality of what this should be? I mean, he's a huge fan of this guy. I don't know when, let me ask you this. When they, when they signed Leonard, could it be that Foley said, hey, good, we get both of them? I mean, like he actually thought, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like I, he's a huge fan of him and, McPhee and McCrimmon, let's be honest, knows more about hockey than any of us talking or Bill Foley or whatever. They know what they're doing. I mean, I, I, you know, in terms of players and salary cap. So if you're telling me Bill Foley's more of a fan on this thing, then it comes down to like how much power will he inflict on them? If he, if this is more of him being a fan of the guy, uh, when Pete DeBoer said that the other day, I'm with you. When Pete DeBoer said, look, this, next year's a different year, he's telling you either what he thinks should happen or what he already knows will happen. So when the Golden Knights failed to trade Flurry this past offseason and they go into the season with two goalies, $12 million against the cap, they basically had to come up with a way to spin it as, no, this is okay. And the This way, is what we want. Yeah, the way yeah. they did that was by saying, well, it's a condensed regular season. Right. We're going to be playing more games in fewer days than we're used to. So we're going to need two goalies. We're going to need to rotate. We're going to need to have two fresh goalies. So we're ready to go for the playoffs. That's how they sold it. And if you're Bill Foley, I, I think he probably bought into that. Sure. I don't know sure. You know, if George McPhee went to him and said, hey, we're going to have two goalies, and this is why it's a good thing. And Foley yeah. said, great, awesome, right. let's go. I Maybe that's how it happened, and maybe that's how Foley's mindset was. But again, when the head coach comes out after the season and says, next year's different, and I think you make a good point, what does Foley care about more? Marc-Andre Fleury being a Golden Knight or winning the Stanley Cup? Because it's... I would think the Stanley Cup, but it's a lot closer than people think. <laughs> like, it's not 100-0, to which it should be, by the way. It should be... 100%. As much as you love the guy, if your goal, uh, goal 100% isn't to win the Stanley Cup, there's something wrong there. I don't think it's 100%, though. I, I think he loves the guy. That's fine. He loves him. I mean, I, you know, what he did for the expansion year and all that, what he's done for the town and he's how beloved he is, that's all fine and good. But I'm telling you, if your head coach or your GM or your vice president of Oxford operations, whatever McPhee is now, um, in terms of titles, if they come and say, we have to do this if you want to take the next step, it's, to me, it's a no-brainer right. as an owner. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. They're yeah. telling me 
This is how you win the Stanley Cup, or this is how you get you know past this round again. Yeah, absolutely it is. Because if you're Bill Foley and you, you know, when you first get the team, say you're gonna make the playoffs in year three and you're gonna win the Stanley yeah. Cup by year six, and you've exceeded those expectations, but, yes. but next year is year five. Even by those lofty expectations, you're running out of time here. I think I think he can I think he can be sold on, yeah, to win the Stanley Cup, we've got to move on from Marc yeah. Andre Fleury. Now, again, the question though is you don't actually, you can win the Stanley Cup next year trading away Leonard and keeping Flurry. There's no doubt about that. Is you can you can do this by getting rid of Leonard and keeping Flurry and winning the Stanley Cup. And I wonder if winning the Vesna, and I wonder if Bill Foley is able to say, hey, trade Robin Leonard, don't trade Mark Andre Flurry. That would there would be very little consequence for the Golden Knights next season if they did that. It would be after that that they would right. have some consequence because right. Flurry's not under contract, but for one more season. He's also pushing 38, 39 right. at that and point. And Robin Leonard has four more years after this year on, on his deal. So I'm, I'm curious, would the Golden Knights consider trading Leonard just because Flurry won the Vesna? Like, Flurry was so good. Okay, let's move on from Robin Leonard instead. Look, I just think you got to sell high, and he's not going to be right. good to, this good again. He could be good next year and not even be he's, close to what he he's was. Never he been the this good in his career. He's never career. been in the finals. Yeah, he's never been so this good in his career. He could be solid next year at 37, pushing 38. But he's not going to be this good. He's impo- I think it's, I mean, impossible is a strong word, but I think it's impossible he's this good again. I sell high. And you can move him. Now, again, we've talked about it. I don't know if you're moving the $7 million, but the Vesna pro- maybe pushes you to that level now and say when the Vesna, you're going to take all the $7 million and take him. Right. It shouldn't be last year where the conversation was the Golden Knights are going to have to eat $2 million or more, or more and give up a second round right. pick or something. Not it's, anymore. It's not that. You probably, if you're eating some of the contract, you're probably getting an asset back. Like, if they trade him and, and they say, okay, we'll still pay $2 million of his deal, you're probably getting a decent asset. Well, back this time in you're getting it back. Exactly. Right. Instead of having to give up more just yeah. to take the guy for your, in their hands. You think we could get Suzuki for him? No, like, but maybe Caulfield. <laughs> I, know, I, I was going to say, not a chance. How about no. the rights to Kirill Kaprizov, <laughs> yes. who might be in Russia yeah, for might. the rest of time? <laughs> him and Shippy can come as a package <laughs> deal three years from now. I, I look. Again, I think you go through the summer. I, we have no idea what they're thinking, and there's all these names being kid. there's all these names being thrown out there from the top with Jack Eichel all the way down to who you can get and what the cap would be. But it's just hard to fathom you can take that extra step by continuing to roll with twelve million dollars on goalies. It just yeah. it it's hard to fathom. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to do something. Obviously, it's always funny in these exit interviews. Every player says, "Well, you know, something's going to change." Because it always is like <laughs> no one says this might still be the team. Like they all know things even, happen, which even, is fine. Even Pete DeVore said it. He's yeah. like, "It's a great group of guys, yeah. but when you come up short, things yeah, got to change." Things got to change. <laughs> right. I okay. Let me ask you this: You're George McPhee, and you have an offer out there, Mark Andre Fleury. For a third round pick, but you have to eat two million of a salary, or Robin Leonard for a second, and you don't eat anything, and you don't eat anything. I keep Leonard. I think I do too. I just I, I, I wonder what tw- isn't he twenty eight? Uh, he's not 30. thirty. I think he is. Oh, is he thirty? Yeah, he's thirty this year. Yeah. Okay, I think that's, that's still right. seven years. Right. It is significantly <laughs> younger, and I think you're right. I but I wonder where that line is. Like if he if he had two trade offers, one for Leonard, one for Flurry. How much better does the offer for Leonard have to be for them to say, yep, that's the right decision. Let's move Leonard and keep Flurry and then figure out our goaltending for two years, three years. I mean, aren't you saying future? when we make that deal, you understand there's no question. Well, they can do a lot of things, but in the moment, Logan Thompson's your goalie a year, two years from now? It might be. I mean, you can make other deals. I'm just saying in your mind, 
If you have Leonard for four more years, you don't really have to worry about anything yeah. for three or four years. Logan Thompson was pretty good. <laughs> the problem is, is I don't know if there's any correlation between AHL stats and NHL stats. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure goalies come up and it's like, oh, he had an 8-2-4 save right, percentage. Right. Oh, he's got four straight shutouts to start his career. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's any correlation between the AHL and the NHL, which... Yeah, whatever. But it's I, very strange. He's much better whenever there aren't people having a fist fight right in front of him. <laughs> well, he's more rested because he doesn't have to fly to Chicago. He just comes up from Henderson. So he's a very rested goalie. But on the Logan Thompson thing, I do think if you're the Golden Knights, you kind of want to figure out if he can play in the NHL. So like you, he was so good. You almost prefer well. You move one then, and he's the backup. Yeah, and he's the backup, yeah. and he's gonna play. I mean, there's injuries, but if even if there's no injuries, he's gonna play twenty games. Yeah, in 20. the season. Yeah. And okay, if you're still gonna win the division, even if Logan Thompson plays every game. So if he plays twenty games and he sucks, okay, he's not the guy. Look, you need to find somebody else. Look, they're winning the division games. if you're the goalie. Well, yes, that's I mean, true. The, the, the yeah, division no, next I, I year actually, is just brutal. Should what? they trade both? Yes, I was yes, actually about to say that. Why not trade, trade both? <laughs> they take Logan Thompson as the starter, and I believe they've already uh, – Danks has always already been shipped back to Europe on his own accord. Say, Oscar, you can come back because you actually got a no, place you now. Re-sign, you re-sign Alec Martinez and go, no, we're not giving you goalie pads. You just got to kind of skate in front of the goal. Yeah, you should Block everything. Foot. It'll be fine. Use your face. Yeah. So I, I mean, if the goal was to win the division, they could absolutely trade both of them. The problem no. is, is they need to. Well, win after the that, then playoffs. the first round, like yeah. or second round, because they play a division person. That's right. Well, hell yeah, they, <laughs> could, they could make it hey. back to the semis again with Logan Thompson in that. Hey, if if you have to score, the way to do it is, well, we don't have a goalie, so we either have to score or we're gonna get yeah. our butts kicked. If they make it back to the semis with Logan Thompson and play Colorado, I'm taking the Avalanche. <laughs> avalanche at three? No, you, no, you haven't paid attention. They'll sweep the Avalanche and then lose to like the last the team that got into the playoffs. Yeah, they'll lose the Kraken. Kraken. That's what's going to happen. That Logan Thompson will not allow a goal to the Avalanche and they give up seven in every game to the worst team and they made the playoffs. That's how it's going to work. All right, coming up next, we're going to jump into baseball because I think. The A's could move to Vegas right now and have a higher attendance than they have in Oakland. Rikini's 0-1 is smoked to right field, deep down the line, into the corner. It is a fair ball and a home run. A second pitch of the game jolt from Cedric Mullins. That is drilled to right field by Santander. At the wall, it is gone! Into the fourth row. Pitch here, swing and a drive, deep left field for wins. Back to the Crawford boxes and gone. Another two-run home run for the Orioles. Austin wins, goes deep against Garcia. Second home run of the season for wins, and the O's are pouring it on. 13 to three. Smoke to right field by Tucker Hayes is there. He makes the catch, and the Orioles win it in a major way. 13 to 3, your final score. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 a.m. and 100.9 FM. Ed, don't play the Orioles. They're very good. Well, I play the Orioles and beating the first place Giants back to back. You want a you fun stat? The Astros this year are 29 and 16 against teams over 500, they're 19 and 16 against teams under 500. The Dodgers are opposite. <laughs> Except for the last two nights, they'd be completely opposite of that. Oh, the Dodgers. Are they in first place yet? 
One and a half back. Oh, Jesus. You can sweep them and still not get to first? Yeah, uh, one and a half. That's no fun. 80 games left. Come on. So no, you have to be in first at the end of June, Ed. Those <laughs> are the rules. You should say that. Whoever said that? Yeah, the Padres, but they won't even be in first. It'll be fine. Um, okay. The Oakland A's, by the way, they played a game last night, and it was their first game where they could have full capacity of uh, fans. And their attendance last night was 4,000. 739, 4,000, not 40, 4,739 for comparison. The full capacity, La- right? Yes. Full capacity. They could have sold that thing out. Right. For comparison, the Las Vegas aviators last home game, which was a week ago, uh, 6,613 in June in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Also for comparison, lights FC, the minor league soccer team that's here has averaged over 6,000 fans every single year that they've been in existence average, not just like, Oh, one game. They had that many average that much. What the hell do do they literally not care about that team? I mean, I don't think they have great crowds to begin with, but I'm sure there's a faction of it saying they're moving to Vegas and we're not going to spend so really, I mean, I'm sure they're pissed at it that this, you know, they made two or three trips. The thing I want to, Confirm. I don't know if this is true. I'm looking at some of the um, the retweets and the comments because I've been to the Coliseum many times for the Raiders. They don't. Do they charge thirty dollars for parking? Did you see this? Do they really? What? I don't know. But if I'm if I'm I've been there enough to where if I'm paying thirty dollars for parking, I'm batting third in the lineup. <laughs> like I, I'm in I'm in the game. Oh I mean, my, oh. that can't be true. That cannot be true. Someone said the, the thing is, of course they're higher. Of course, thirty bucks for parking, higher price concessions, uh, A's access membership program has been suspended or possibly even canceled. Not a shock. I don't know what that access thing means, but if they're paying thirty bucks for parking. That, I mean, that's insane. I mean, they had to trade a guy to get soda in their club, like clubhouse. That's true. You, the guy who's batting third at their lineup might be paying for parking, <laughs> and they're going to make the playoffs. I just can't. <laughs> I'll check it, but I'm I, watching. I'm, I, I just mean, threw that out. I'm like, that can't their, be true. They're going to trade their best two like restricted free agents, and they're still going to make the yeah. playoffs. Um, I surely there's sites that aren't controlled by the A's, but. $30 cashless payments required for uh, June 29th. Nope. No. For no. Oakland Coliseum. Stop. No. For parking? For parking. Yep. I mean, I'm rethinking coming to Vegas if I can get that much for parking. Even with 4,000 people, <laughs> I probably made more money than if I came to Henderson. I mean, it's $30 There's for a parking. lot of land in Henderson. It Ed. almost they makes me. They could build me, a parking garage. I don't know this because we were fortunate enough to have media parking at the Raiders. I can't even. Maybe someone can text in. I'm sure there's people listening been to Raider games. What in the world does the NFL charge if these guys are getting 30? 100 and 100? It has to be 100, yeah. right? I mean, if you're if the if the A's being the A's are getting 30 bucks to park in that place, and by the way, you're getting a front plo- uh, front uh, front space for it. Maybe that's the way they sell. It's like, yeah, but you can park up front uh, with Shang Peng. Park up front. Um, I, I have no idea. I I I don't know why there's 4,700 people there. Maybe there is maybe there is a percentage who just figures they're gone. Well, so I'm curious I mean, on that because. The Raider fans did the exact opposite, right? I mean, they were yeah. like every their yeah. last games were sold out. They sold were out. like, "This yeah. is well, this they is did, it." They did it twice because they thought they were leaving and then came back for another year. But they did it twice where yeah. they had like the last game at the Coliseum and it was sold out. And I mean, granted, the last one ended with fans throwing stuff on the field and ripping out chairs and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. Like the A's have never had good attendance. Well, maybe not never, but the A's have not had good attendance for a long time. It's not like anybody expected the A's to sell out the Coliseum or have 30,000 people there. But less than 5,000? That's 
This is that's insane. Listen, bad. by the way, you buried the lead. There were mice in the soda machine. The ripping the seats out really. <laughs> that was like a, a an appetizer to the main meal. Of, Wait a minute, there's there's mouse up here. Oh, hey, that adds flavor. Um, <laughs> this is this is also the team that has moved what four times in its existence. Like I don't I don't know if at this point it's not a like oh there's no appetite for baseball in Oakland. There might not just be an appetite for Oak or for A's baseball anywhere. Is there any chance the largest crowd in the last twenty years has been that scene for Moneyball and they had to pay people to do it? Like they gave free they gave free lunch. You're gonna be in a movie. So like a bunch of people showed up to be in the movie. I four seven forty seven hundred. That was pretty they bad. just that forty seven hundred. If you that 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 is about what you would do if you needed to like film a movie and you would just go all right everybody and you just shoot that every, area yeah, yeah everybody move that into area. this frame all right everybody move over into this frame what they gotta do is get the people out at UNLV to come and announce attendance oh, because that forty seven hundred oh. is gonna become twenty three thousand right. that's <laughs> like, the other part this, this is, is like this is a, oh, they're admitting that's, that. that's the other part that's announced attendance yeah, yeah. who. Who, that could have been that could have been eighteen hundred people. It could have been seven. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Announced is always going to be more. So why are you being so? I guess honest, like just jack it up to fourteen or something. Who says four thousand and like actually says it with a straight face? I mean, uh, all right. So do you guys know who John Boyce is? No. He were all right. He works for uh, he works for SB Nation, and he once did like a like a visual study of a Marlins game. Where he basically determined, based on their announced attendance, that there were more people who were paid to be at that game. Employees. Employees, security, concession right. stands, uh, groundskeepers, and players than there were people in the stands. Because it was like you took a section of 400 seats and you were like, two. Yeah. There are two people there. Let's extrapolate this out. How A's games are. Do they even have people working there? Apparently somebody's not. Gotta Appar- take, somebody's got to take the $30. Someone's got to get the mouse. Yeah, someone's got to get the 30 bucks. Someone's got to fish the mouse out of the sun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Do they have to? You can just leave it in there. That's fine. Like, I... Listen. I mean, does this, incre- does this increase, their, increase their chances? Or on July 20th, whatever it is, they say, yeah, we'll give you the $800 million. Like, all right, we'll take the $800 million because it doesn't matter because we just want the land to develop around it, so we don't care if anyone comes to games. Right, and I'm I'm sure the A's have told themselves if we build a new ballpark in a different location. Oh, I'm sure they, they're, they're talking fans. themselves into that, yeah. If you and, build it, they will come. But what yeah. are they charging for parking at a new ballpark? They're charging 30 at the Coliseum. If they See, build a whole new double thing, it I for mean, sure. my God. Yeah, double it for sure. Down you park the for 30, you wade through the sewage water, you get yourself a mouse uh, soda. It's a great it's a, it, it's a, a great situation for baseball. It's like a ride at Disneyland. Was that a, uh, I'm, I'm trying to give them excuses. There are no excuses. Was that a day game? No, it was a night game last oh, night. Oh, that's yeah. even worse. Yeah. And and that's brutal. And they're a good team. This isn't this yeah. isn't like they're in last. They're place. usually good. They're they're a game and a half out of their yeah. division lead. I think they'd be in the playoffs as a wild card team right now. Like it, it's bizarre. It's bizarre to me that'd be that. Bad. I'm, I'm still amazed at thirty dollars. I, I can't <laughs> believe someone's paying that. Take the Bart. I mean, I mean, you know, you, you might get some, you might get your the well. The thing is, if you take the Bart, the wallet might get stolen. You can't pay the thirty bucks. Wait a minute, at least take your chances. All right, coming up next, Kenny White joins the show. Third and goal, Brumfield back to throw, looking for the end zone, looking, rolling to his left. He's going to try to run. He's at the five. He's in for a touchdown. The freshman, Doug Broomfield, 
went back to throw, looked, and then decided to tuck and run, and he gets in for a touchdown. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Joining us now is Kenny White. Check out Kenny White Sports. His uh, power rating magazine for the 2021 college football season is available now. Kenny, how are you this morning? What's up, Kenny? Hey. Yes, hey, hey, Ed and Tyler. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Doing great. Uh, I'm on a uh, 17-day Griswold vacation to, uh, to uh, <laughs> Disney World. Uh, we're here now in Disney World, but it's been some trip. But, uh, again, doing uh, many radio shows every day because the magazine is out. Why are you talking to us on vacation? What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't talk to us on vacation. Anybody that knows me, I work every day. It doesn't, doesn't matter what day it is. Vacation, holiday, I'm, I'm still working. People don't usually talk to us when they're not on vacation. <laughs> when they're on vacation, it's really an upset. Uh, Kenny, well, my, ple- my pleasure to be here today. I, I wanted to ask you, like this is, this is looking into the future. If the college football playoff does expand and we get 12 teams, on average, how many games in that first round, the 5-12, the 8-9 matchups, how many of those are going to have single-digit spreads most years? Good question. There's uh, four games out of those games. Uh, uh, I'm going to guess half of them. Okay. I maybe, just... maybe three. Maybe three of the four matchups. I, you know, I had... Uh, I can't believe this, and it is the NCAA, so we don't ask why, but, you know, we came up with a vaccine in nine months, which usually takes five years, and the, and the Big Ten decided not to play, to play, and then not to play, and then to play again within, within two months or with a month period, and a lot of colleges did that, and everybody, you know, made, made moves they had to make last year, and we learned that you can do things um, if you have to, and, and the NCAA really has to. They should. This would be the year to do it. This will be the greatest year of college football uh, by far. Uh, my average power rating of a team is 100, and in 2021, it's a 105 and a half. Every team is five and a half points better because every team has um, almost 10 players on their roster that wouldn't have been here uh, because of COVID last year, and they get they're given an extra year to play. There's over 1,600 players that are playing this year that would have not played because of uh, COVID. So, did that make your power ratings easier this year? Uh, and it's the same process every year. I, you know, I size speed experience and um, any any information I have, any stats I have for position. And my experience rating is just so much higher on each player now because there's so many players that have games started. And this will be an interesting fact that, you know, people keep, they want to know how many starters are returning for a team. And everybody does it a little differently. You know, I've heard people say, well, you could only have 11 starters back. I think that's that's not true because... If you have uh, 11 guys on your radio show today and then tomorrow two of them decide not to show up, you bring two more in and they fill in for a year and then the other two guys come back, you got 13 guys on your radio show. You know, it's the uh, same thing with the football roster. You get 11 starters, everybody's coming back, but two guys get hurt at the beginning of the year. They were full-time starters. Two more guys fill in. Uh, so, you know, and again, how are, how are people going to do it this year? Miami of Ohio, the, the, the MAC played three games. So if you played two games, started two games, are you a starter? Um, I, I don't know how people work that. So the way I've done it forever is I give you points for each start you make. And I, and I don't really go by starts, I go by snaps. So if you play 50 snaps, within two or three games, I give you a start for that because you were on the field 50 snaps. So 100 snaps, you get two starts. So I accumulate those over the years and give them points for every 50 snaps. 
So after 350 snaps, you're a full-time starter now. So there's teams that I have. North Carolina State has 15 players that have more than 350 snaps on offense and 15 players on defense that have been on the field more than 350 snaps. There's a lot of teams like that. I think, I think Marshall may have the most, but uh, there's a lot of teams with a lot of returning experience. So not just first string, second string depth will be serious this year. Um, Liberty, Liberty is only, uh, I have them, uh, I think I have them around 19 points off of Clemson. Clemson's my number one team in the country. Liberty's my number 29. 19 point difference. And I think by the end of the year, Liberty would improve to, to a good ratio to cut that into maybe a 13 or 14 point point spread if they were to play in the first round of an NCAA tournament. So is there going to be some actual parody or is it going to be Alabama Clemson again this year? Well, there's Alabama Clemson, Oklahoma, who I have rated uh, number three this year, who I think is very good and has a chance to win it all. Their defense is great. Their quarterback may be the first rounder. And then North Carolina is really good in Washington, North Carolina State. Uh, there's, there's still Clemson and Alabama are better than everybody else, but there's so much parity that the other teams are that much better. They're going to pull some upsets. There, there could be a possibility of upsetting Clemson and Alabama this year and both those teams being out of that championship game. Where uh, where do you have UNLV, and would your point system improve them if Max Gillum came back with naked sushi models? Does that, does that have anything to do with the point system? <laughs> yeah, I saw him on uh, the Mediterranean cruise. Uh, the uh, Rebels are uh, very lacking talent. I have them the 123rd ranked team in college football. A uh, rating of 88, uh, which, as I said, 100 is my average power rating every year. But this year, the average team is a 105 because every team has almost 10 players on average. Now, I, I give you this: the team, the schools that did not bring back, and I'll get to UNLV in a second. The schools that did not bring back those fifth-year seniors, and a fifth-year senior now is a guy that played four years, was on the field, never had to redshirt because of injury, and he's given an additional year to play. So it's a it's an important fact to know. And then a sixth year senior is a guy who has actually played on the field four years, but had a redshirt year too. So there's so many of those guys back now. The schools that did not bring those type of players back are all of the uh, uh, very high academic schools um, and, uh, and the military academies. So you won't find any fifth year seniors or six year seniors or redshirt seniors on Army, Air Force, and Navy. They will be back to what it was prior to 2020 which they would have a normal roster, which I think puts them a little bit behind other teams because uh, they're now playing kind of – everybody's a BYU now, seems like, you know, because everybody's got a, <laughs> a you know, missionary year. So everybody's like BYU. they got so many older players on their roster. But the Dukes of the world, Stanford, uh, Vanderbilt, Northwestern, I noticed those teams did not bring back those fifth- and sixth-year seniors. All the smart schools. <laughs> Yeah, all of them. Uh, so, yeah, Max Gillum, you know, Justin Rogers, I think, is going to be a good quarterback, uh, but not a great quarterback. I have him three points better than the average guy. Um, he's only got one college start for me, which means he's been on the field for 50 snaps for uh, for TCU. Um, yeah, Max Gillum would have probably added uh, maybe a point, point and a half to our rating if he was back, but Wow. I think after four or five games, Justin Rogers will be just as good, if not better. He's a big kid, got good speed, and he can throw the football. So he may be be a little better than I think. I just worry about the weapons. The offensive line is uh, a little under underrated too. Uh, they they could use some help. I've got two two uh, redshirt freshmen starting on the offensive line, so that's always going to be tough. 
Are they beating Eastern Washington in their first game? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, final score. Uh, final score, Eastern Washington 35, UNLV 31. Oh, wow. So I think the number is one and a half. You kind of just told us they might go under. Because I don't know what I don't know who else on the Kenny who else on that schedule would I mean they have New Mexico obviously they have some bad Mountain West teams uh, Iowa State and Arizona State not holding the breath there but is the schedule if they're losing that game that that's that's dangerous for that schedule <laughs> yeah it is and in my magazine I do a win percentage so a four point loss still gets you four tenths of a win there's a possibility you know you're forty percent chance of winning that game. Um, I have their projected win total at 1.7. Uh, their 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 greatest chance is that game. That's their best chance. Uh, the next greatest chance of winning a football game would be uh, Utah State at home, where I have them losing by 10, and then also at New Mexico, where they uh, lose by 11. Um, at at Texas San Antonio, lose by seven, lost by seven points. So, yeah, it's going to be a long year for the Rebels this year. So, Will I be writing a column saying the record is four tenths and eleven? <laughs> <laughs> and I have to do four the four ten, four, tenths four tenths slash ten hyphen eleven. That so, wouldn't be good. Four, point four and and ten point six. Okay, so not only Losses. do you have them projected underdogs in every game, it's at least seven in all, but that first one against Eastern Washington. Correct. Yes. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> Yep. I mean, so five, four point underdog in game one and a seven point underdog. Uh, what was that seven point at Texas San Antonio? Well, yep. let me let me ask you this: and on Eastern Washington, I, I don't know how. Tell me about your power ratings. Is that base? How much? How much percentage is that based on that they've had games recently, like that they they played and the Rebels obviously haven't played since last year. But I think I think FCS teams played. In yeah, the they played spring, six or seven. So, they played six. I mean, does that have anything to do with it, or are you just saying line them up and Eastern Washington's better? No, line them up at Eastern Washington's better right now. That's a good football program. Eastern Washington's a very, they know how to win football games. So they've, they've got that entrenched in their, you know, their uh, ideas. They, they know how to win. They're, they're going to be a tough, tough game for us. Very tough game. Um, and they just did play, you know, they did play spring football. So that's maybe a little bit of an advantage. Now, the one thing I, I've, I've, I stayed up with all those FCS teams now. I'm working on an NFL magazine. When I finish the NFL magazine here in this week, next week, I will be then going back and rating every FCS team again because I've got to double-check rosters for all those teams to see if they're bringing back fifth- or sixth-year seniors. If they are, Eastern Washington may be even a little better than what I think they are. <laughs> oh Wait a minute. You, are, you just went from 35 to 31 to 42 to 31? What happened there? What happened? <laughs> oh. They just scored getting off the bus. <laughs> Well, he is Kenny White again. <laughs> it is KennyWhiteSports.com. Uh, the Power Ratings magazine for the 2021 college football season is out now. Kenny, we appreciate your time this morning. Get yourself over to Epcot. Stop talking to us. You're on vacation. You got it. Thank you, guys. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. See you. Oh, jeez. Four tenths and 11. That is... <laughs> I, I, oh, my God. I don't know what's like. That's that's the most brutal projection for UNLV football season I think we've ever heard. Yeah, the Eastern Washington one kind of puts it up. There. Eastern I mean, Washington knows how to win, and the only response we can go we can come back with is, "Well, UNLV got spring got spring football this year." <laughs> well, like the Texas San Antonio, they're 
they're decent, good. Like they're they're they're, they're good enough to run on the road. And that's on the road. That's like the not as good, but that's kind of the Arkansas State thing where yeah. this team nobody knows a lot about, but they go to bowls and like I'm not surprised they're like dogs there. The Eastern Washington kind of surprised. I'm actually I think I'm more surprised that he has them ten point underdogs at home to Utah State yeah. and eleven <laughs> point on the road to New Mexico. That, <laughs> Every team in the conference is 10 points better because those are the, those are the next two worst teams with UNLV. Yes. Every team in the conference is 10 points better than I UNLV. I actually thought he was going to say, because he said the closest I have is Utah State home, I thought he was going to say like one. Yeah. One and a half. Then he said 10. Yeah. Like, Whoa. What? Like I had to pause. Like, what? That is brutal. If they're, they're, if they're now, legitimately. We don't know if it's going to happen that way, but. They're legitimately 10 points worse than every team. Because, again, last year, part of the problem wasn't that they went 0-6. It was that they kept losing every right, game yeah. by 20, 30 Yeah, they, points. they didn't compete at all. What, they had, the closest was, what, a 17-point loss in there. Yeah, like, there's no competition. I mean, they, they didn't compete with anybody. Like, that was the problem last year. If that happens again, if they I mean, first off, they're 0-12. My God. But if they're, just take the Mountain West schedule, if they're 0-8 and every loss is by double digits, what? They're What's not going to be 0 and 8. They're going to be 4 tenths and 7. That's right. 4 tenths and, and 7 and 6 tenths is what the record's going to be. All right. Coming up next, uh, we'll, we'll get into the NBA, but like it's going to be one on one between John Collins and somebody for the Suns for the NBA Finals at this point. Collins. Now they get it over to Bogey. Left side three. Bogey. Bang. Bogey. Bang. Donovich. He hits the three of the Hawks lead by 20. Lou Williams, left side. He's 5 for 5 in the game. They switch with Middleton. Lou Williams. Lob it to Capella. Put it in. And Giannis is down. Giannis is down on the floor. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. A lot of contact on the alley-oop. Oh, looks like he landed on Capella's foot. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I just saw it again. Don't know what to say. Oh, my. Lou dribbling down the lane again. Now he gets back out to Bogey. Bogey fakes. Now Bogey steps back, shoots the three. He's got another one. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Ed, who is the best healthy player in the Eastern Conference Finals? Like, who's the best guy left right now? Chris Middleton? Is it? I mean, I'm guessing. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd say that. I'd say Chris Capella, Middleton. maybe? Mm, <laughs> Lou Williams. Chris Middleton? Lou, yeah, Lou Williams. <laughs> like, what the hell, NBA? Like, right now, there's four teams left. Three of them don't have their best player. Feels like Delhi should be on one of these teams. <laughs> we already said that if it's like... Atlanta, Phoenix, uh, what the ratings will be. Can you imagine the ratings now? If let's say Milwaukee gets through and there's no Giannis, I mean, I mean, I think Trey Young's going to play. He's, I mean, he's 45 minutes out last night. It's a bruise in the foot. I think, well, I think he's really playing the next game now that Giannis is out. Man, we can win this thing. Um, that, that could be the all time lowest ratings, right? Milwaukee without Giannis? Yeah. Yeah. I have no one's watching it. I have barely any interest in yeah. watching that team play. No one's watching that. <laughs> I'm watching it. And then oh, well, I, you're watching and it. Then, yeah. yeah, and then I'm drinking heavily. <laughs> like, I mean, th- this has been brutal in the NBA Finals. Absolutely brutal what has happened here, where everybody of significance is getting hurt. 
Like the only guy left, it's like Devin Booker is like the yeah, only he's the one. one. Left. If I if I'm that guy tonight, I'm being really careful when I drive down the lane. It's like uh, karma. So okay, what Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, there's I don't think there's been an update on Giannis and the extent of his injury, but it it did not look no. very good. It did not look very promising for Giannis to be coming back anytime soon. Like you said, I think Trey Young probably plays in the next game. The Hawks are winning this series, aren't they? If he's not back, I would think. I mean, yeah. Yeah, if he's not I, back. I think if 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 Giannis and Trey Young are out, I think the Hawks still win the series anyways. I think they win two of the last three, yeah. even without Trey Young. Because as good as Middleton is, a lot of the reason he's good is because who he's playing right. alongside. So all of a sudden, he's it's like, open. He's, he's not here, now you're the guy. That's eh, different. Right, and the Bucks' entire offensive identity is built around Giannis. Yeah. Like, so, that's what they did. Yeah. They they had a guy who's like, this is a superstar, but he can't shoot. How do we build a team around him? And they, and they did. They did a good job. They've done a good job of building a team around Around a guy that can't shoot despite being a superstar. And now you're looking at a roster and it's like, oh, okay, like Middleton's been good in games. He's had some really important moments in the playoffs, but Middleton is the number one guy. Yeah. Even, even though you're going up against Kevin Huerter, John Collins, and Lou Williams on the other side, I still think the Hawks are going to be better. But God, like what? I mean, it's it's been a disaster of a playoffs for the NBA where it's a star driven league, it's a star powered league more than any of our other sports. The NBA is driven by these star players and not really the teams. And all of the star players have gotten hurt in the playoffs. It's terrible. Kawhi's down. Giannis is down. Young's down. I mean, it's just, and, and even again, it was, there's no Lakers. There's Come on, no, Booker! You know, the Clippers with Kawhi would have been the closest, I think, to, you know, you're going to get ratings because of LA, but this will be fascinating to see if Giannis is out. I don't know if they, I don't think they advance so it, without him. So it would be Atlanta against essentially Phoenix, which, oh are, man, which what's funny is those are two, two huge media markets, Phoenix and Atlanta. Those are huge media markets and everyone's going to say, eh, the ratings weren't that good. Yeah. Cause <laughs> nobody outside of those cities cares about them. Correct. Yeah. That's, that's no one else the watch. Yeah. I mean, I listen, you give me healthy Trey young and healthy Devin Booker. Right. I'm in. That's going to be, um, it's, honestly, it's best case scenario at this point because everybody else is falling apart. I'm in for that. Like, LeBron James said something about it after the Lakers got eliminated that, you know, the. Yeah, he season, said the truncated season and the condensed schedule. Do we believe that at this point? I mean, I mean, uh, you know, every, yeah, every game somebody else gets hurt. Well, but Trey Young didn't step on an official's foot because he played, yeah. you know, the kind of schedule. Kawhi, I mean, Giannis last night doesn't come down on a foot because, I mean, I, I don't. If you're telling me they're doing a lot of this stuff with no contact, you know, and something's have to blow something out, they just step somewhere, and you think, what about the body? But a lot of this is you're coming down on people's feet and something. I don't remember why how Kawhi did it. Did he come down on someone's foot or did he just come down on the four? I don't know, but I when, when, when LeBron said that, I'm like, eh, that's kind of a reach. Yeah, it's just... It's a disaster. Like the the NBA playoffs, it's it's the worst it's been in my lifetime yeah. because everybody's hurt. There's no good players left.